God, just tell them, Hayes, I'm just glad two o'clock's here to get this over with. You know, um, I'm kind of nervous, but I'm not as nervous as I thought I would be. Um, I'm sharing on recovery is my responsibility. You know, um, I knew I had this topic and I knew a while back, you know, that I was going to be sharing, but I just couldn't get my mind to like, concentrate on what to say and how to say it so basically like I just pray to God and ask God's will to be done and you know to guide me through it you know because like I come to terms to know that I don't have to rehearse my experience strength and hope that's something I can't forget you know um I remember like my first year of recovery how hard it was to stay clean I remember like when I um came into this program, I used to blame my husband for everything that happened to me. I felt that me being an addict, doing drugs, I used to always think it was his fault. Because, like, I mean, when I first was doing getting high, I used to be more of a beer drinker. And um, I didn't like smoking reefer that much, but I would smoke a little bit. But it's like... I would put it on him, like, all the drugs that I got introduced to, it was through him. So, therefore, it was his fault that I became an addict, that I became addicted to drugs, right? So, when I came into the program, I thought it was his responsibility Mm -hmm. to make sure that I get clean and stay clean. And I, I became real codependent on him on my first year because it was like, when he, when he would go to meetings, I would go to meetings. When he wouldn't go to meetings, I wouldn't go to meetings. If he was sad that day, I was sad that day. My whole life seemed like it was centered around whatever my husband would do and how he would do it. You know, it was till like I continued like to relapse when I was first getting clean. I kept relapsing. And it was till like he broke away from me. He learned in this program that to leave her alone and all that kind of stuff, right, which I couldn't understand at that time. And so it was then that when he left me alone, went on about his recovery, and I was continuously out there using, and how they say attraction is better than promotion, I would see him, and I would, like, see how he was still going on with his life without me, right? And so then I would get angry. At him, I dare you. Now you done got me out here. It's your fault I'm out here. Now you in there getting all clean, looking all good, and, you know, being around all these people. So, therefore, that was one of the motivations that had me come back into this um, program. You know, it says, like, um, we have a choice. You know, I don't believe that I was one that was chosen. I believe that I chose to come into the program because God had blessed me with choices today. You know, they say in step one that we admitted that we were powerless over our disease of addiction, right? But it doesn't say that we are not powerless over our choices that we make. You know, so I made the choice to come in here, you know, and um, it was through God's help, you know, because, like, regardless of what choices I make, I know God is right there always guiding me and helping me out to go in the right direction. You know, so... um. When I came back, you know, the final time, um, that first year, right, was really hard. Only thing I could think about was getting my husband back, right? I came back in here to get him back 
get the family back and everything will be hunky-dory. But it didn't work out that way. It's like when I came back in here, he was like, you got to do this on your own. Right? And um, I didn't understand nothing. I didn't understand nothing. I was afraid. I didn't know nothing about taking care of anything because all I knew was how to get high, and I was very responsible on that, very responsible on trying to get my drugs, and all I did was think about how to get more. And um, so I didn't know anything. And when I came in here, like, the people in the fellowship seemed so happy. You know, I couldn't understand why everybody was around here laughing and happy, and I was feeling so much pain and afraid, you know. And I couldn't understand, like, people hugging one another. And, 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 and like, the people in the fellowship seemed like it, it was always, like, I would sit back in, in the rooms, right, and I would watch them hug one another, talk to one another. But it seemed like nobody wasn't really coming to hug me and talk to me, right? And, and I didn't know that at that time, like, I didn't know that, I had to make a move, too. I thought it was everybody was supposed to be responsible on showing Margie how to get clean, show Margie what to do. I used to think that the people, like, would, would be in the rooms in the meetings, and after the meetings, I thought they would all get together and go to someone's house and still be having them a good time, but I would always be going home. I didn't know that when they left the meetings that they were also just going home. It was just a meeting front. I call it a meeting front, you know, being here, happy so lucky everybody having a good time. But we all go home, while well, I do, after the meeting. You know, but I, I felt like I was in the part of, I felt like I was being left out. And why wasn't I feeling like everyone else? I didn't know that I had to just keep coming. And that all this was a process and that it takes time. Even though people were sharing that, just keep coming. No matter what you go through, just keep coming. I heard them say it, so I figured, well, I'll just try it this time. And so, like, my first year, it was like you had to go through all the seasons, winter, spring, summer, fall. And when I went through all those seasons, on that first year, when I got my first year, I was like, Dad, I feel like I could do this, you know, because now I know what to expect in the winter. I know what to expect in the spring, summer, and the fall because I've been there. So um, I thought after that year, things would get easier. But, you know, I still had to deal with stuff life on life terms. You know, after that year which I thought was the worst year, came out to be one of the easiest years because my first year of recovery, all I was worried about was just how to stay clean. It was then as time went on that more stuff became added on. Now you got to be more responsible for the things that you've done, for the things that you're going to do. And I'm like, Dad, you know, so now I had to really, like, try to um, grow up. And, you know, so I had to um, go about a change. You know, I, have a, I got a sponsor. Within a year, I got a sponsor. I made that 90-90, right? And that's when I realized people started to notice me, and I started to notice people more because, like, I kept coming to the meetings, and then, like, I remember it was these females back there. This girl, she would always come and give me a hug. So, therefore, I kept coming to the meetings, and I would look for her in the meeting just to get that hug. Even though everybody else wasn't hugging me, there is always someone mm -hmm. out of the crowd who would reach out to you. You know, and that's the person I try to be today. That's someone out of the crowd to give that person a hug. Because I know how I feel being a newcomer sitting here. And then, and, and, and what I tell newcomers too is like, sometimes you gotta, if you see somebody who you want to hug you and they don't hug you, go get them a hug. And I, you know, I, I explain to my sponsees and to newcomers that 
sometimes people with time don't know how to hug either. You know, they're used to their own little circle, and you might have to break that monopoly, and you just have to go break in that circle and get them up. Those are the people you want to be around. You know, and I learned that through time and process of this program. So anyway, um, I just kept coming, and I got that foundation, right? I made the 90-90. I got the sponsor. I read the literature. I um, did a few steps. I think I did step one, two, and I think I did step one and two on my first year. Right. Well, anyway, I was building that foundation, and all the while, while I was coming, I didn't know I was building that foundation for a reason. You know, so um, as time process progressed, me and my husband, we, we, you know, we got back together after a couple of years of recovery. You know, it took some time, uh, it took some work on my behalf because he, I, he wanted to see if I was going to be able to stay clean. Plus, he didn't trust himself with me because every time he would come back to me, I would think everything's going to be all right and I'd be codependent on him again and then I would go out and use. You know, so, you know, the process went on and, um, I don't know, it, it was like I started, I learned in here how to, you got to change and do something for yourself. So it was till I stopped putting all the emphasis on my husband and started taking time out and putting it on me, things started to get better. So then I was beginning to realize, well, oh, so this is how it works. So I started talking to my sponsor more. I started calling women more. And I started feeling a part of the program because I kept coming. No matter what, even when I didn't feel like coming, I kept coming. I just kept coming to meetings. And all the time, my foundation was getting stronger and stronger, you know. And so then... um I started to take more of a look at myself and you know and I realized that in my fourth step when I wrote my fourth step and went over it with my sponsor it was all about my husband and my fourth step it was all about him and, and you know and she pointed those things out to me it's like you're really depending on your husband you're really blaming things on your husband you're blaming things on people for the way you are when you need to look at the reason why these people may have done what they've done and look out how you can respond to them differently. You know, she didn't say it in exact those words, but that's what it meant to me. You know, so then I, you know, I started to take a look at myself. And um, I realized that I had to stop blaming it's your fault for me being this way. You know, so um, as time went on, you know, I got more into prayer with God. You know, I started praying to God more, kept coming to meetings, still didn't know too much about what I was doing. I didn't have a job, and um, I think I was staying with my sister at that time. But anyway, as time went on, I finally got a place of my own. I got a job, and things started, like, coming, folding back together. So I think I had about, like, five years clean, and um, I started not being so dependent. On other people, I started being able to come to meetings, like, on my own and sitting up front in the meetings. And I would hug. And if you hug me, you hug me. And I started to feel more good about myself so it didn't matter as much as how people would look at me or if they would go the other way or that way. As long as I felt comfortable with myself, 
I was all right. You know, and, and, and that's a real good thing because now, you know, I'm going on like 12 years, over 12 years, and I can truly say that I love myself today. I really like myself today. So, therefore, I'm not going to allow someone to harm me. It's like being responsible for my recovery. It's like when I come to meetings, right, like if I come to a meeting and I keep, and, and if I hear somebody sharing, right, and okay, fine, they sharing, they going through whatever they going through. All right, I listen to it or whatever, right. Then if I go to another meeting and if that same person is sharing, that again, all right, I'm in this meeting, they say, don't leave before the miracle happens. Okay, so maybe this is where I need to be. I figure that it's, it's for me to practice patience. All right, next week if I go to a meeting and that same person is still sharing that, I'm responsible for my recovery. I feel that if it's starting to affect me, damn, you know, that's time for me to just excuse myself and leave because that person still may need to share what they need to share and have to go through what they need to have to go through. But I have a choice. I have a choice. If it's affecting my spirit, I can get up and leave. And so then that's another thing I'm grateful to God about, the blessing of choice. You know, and being responsible for me is like using common sense. You know, if you know something is wrong, you don't do it. But, you know, sometimes, you know, I may do it anyway just to find out how wrong it is. You know, it's like um, I learn from my mistakes, and now today I'm able to learn from mistakes of others. If you tell me the fire is hot, I'm going to believe you and not touch the fire because you said it's hot, and I can see the burns on you. So why would I want to get the burns? You know, and, and, and you know, that's basically for me like common sense. You know, and it's like... Um, I'm not one of those ones who come in here and share um, every little thing that may happen to me or go on. But I do come in here and share when I want to share what I need to share because I have that choice. If you want to come in here and share about some gross or whatever going on, fine. But don't get mad at me because I'm not going to get up here and tell you everything that you think I should share because you're sharing that way. Everybody has a choice. And I choose not to go that route. I choose to go to my sponsor for some personal things. And if somebody wants my help or wants to know something, always let it be known you can come to me. You know, um, I am very responsible today. I have a job. I have the responsibility of getting up in the morning, getting myself together to get to work on time. And I take great pride in that because I have to be to work at 9 o'clock. And I get up like 6 o'clock in the morning because I know what I need to do to get ready to feel good to go to work. And um, I am really proud of myself because I've been on my job since September. And I haven't missed many days. And usually like on a snowy day and stuff, I'm taking off in a minute. But this job, I haven't, I, I don't do that. I don't take off like that there because I'm trying to be more responsible. And this is a job, I finally got a job that I don't dread going to in the morning. Even though I work with all guys, right, in my department, and I'm going to tell you, people without a program, I see what people mean when they talk about their jobs, because I hear these guys on my job talk, and all I could do is shake my head. And I pray a lot on my job because, like, I don't want my emotions to take over me sometimes with the things they be saying, because they talk about each other right there, right? 
They 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 get real buddies with him. As soon as the person leave the room, they said, "Boy, he gonna get in trouble." He gonna lose that. They start talking about each other, right? To me, right? So when I got, I said, "Well, I'm gonna go ladies room, right?" I just smiled. I said, "Now nah, I know they talking about me, <laughs> cause I know they talking about me, cause we just talked about so and so." You know, and, and, and when I go, I just look at their guys and I just laugh. They just some complaining men. All they do all day is complain, and I be wanting to say. Why don't you just stop complaining so much? All I do is hear them complain about one another. So I know they're complaining about me. You know, all day, every day, when I get a good word, I say, oh, well, we're going to hear some complaints. That's all they do. But, you know, being responsible is a job in itself because, like, um, I know, like, sometimes, like, if me and my husband get in an argument and um, it could be over something simple, like, why you didn't do this? Why you didn't do that? It's like I, I, I do things different. I don't continue doing the same things with him like I used to do and get all bent up out of shape. I just say, oh, whatever. Go ahead. If you want, if, if I didn't do it, you go ahead on and do it. And he gets really mad. He be arguing with himself because I don't even say nothing else. I know how to just be quiet now. I'll just be quiet. Let it blow over. Now, so you finish. Then we go ahead on. And he don't like when I do that. But then, you know, sometimes I do go, go off the handle. And, you know, and I argue and stuff, too. But, you know, going, getting back to this program, you know, it's like um, I have a real sweet husband, very loving husband. You know, but um, he makes mistakes, you know. He made, he made mistakes, you know. And I thank God that I had um, the foundation that I had at the time. Like, when he did go outside our marriage, right, and um, I had to get real responsible then because, like, I would thank God for the foundation that I had, the friends that I had, and the sponsor that I had to be able to get through it. And, like, being responsible in that area, it helped me to understand that just because of what he did, he has to answer to his God. That doesn't mean that I need to go out and do the same thing. Call myself going, well, I'm going to use my body to pay you back. I learned from using drugs how to, like, I'm not going to hurt myself to get back at you. Because I used to always get the fuckers at him and say, fuck it, I use. Who was I hurting? Nobody but myself. The man was still being clean. So, you know, we got over that storm. And, you know, how they said the ties that bind us together are stronger than those that would tear us apart. Each time somebody throws a stone at us or try to tear us apart, we get tighter and we get tighter. And right now, we just like this here. We're, we're working towards our goals. Our goals and dreams are being fulfilled. You know, and what I do is I just keep coming. And I get, you know, do what I have to do. Like, I don't lean on my sponsor as much as I used to because, like, I, like it says, I'm responsible for my recovery. My sponsor can suggest things to me, but I don't, like, say, well, sponsor, I'm having a bad day. What you going to do about it? You know, I don't, I, I don't call with, you know, things like that, dear, you know. I know she's there, but, I mean, she's not my mother. I, I, you know, I walk with God a lot. I walk with God a lot. I do a lot of praying, you know, and um, I don't know. This is just like a good fellowship. I thank God for this program. I thank God for the fellowship, and I thank God for the choices that I have and that I could make today. Either I could get with this or either I could get with that, you know. is whatever I choose that's right for me because I love me, and if I don't take care of me, I am not going to be able to be there for anyone else. And I've had diabetes, right, and I really, 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 try every day to do the right thing with my diabetes because I have a grandson and I definitely 
wants to be there and be a part of his life as he's growing up. If it's God's will, I will. You know, and I have to be very responsible. That's why grandma go to work every day because grandma want to buy stuff for her grandbaby. You know what I'm saying? You got to be responsible, but I ain't going to be all crazy and not pay the bills, you know. I got to take care of that, too. You know, but, you know, my spirit is good. I feel good. And I try not to allow. If I feel you're affecting my spirit, I have the responsibility to do something, to remove myself. Because there are a lot of, lot of like, miserable people. Misery loves company, and I truly believe that because on my first year, I told you, I couldn't stand to be around the happy people. Why were you so happy? I'm over here sad and crying. I want somebody to come on over here, pat me, and be sad with me. So therefore, if, if, if there's a lot of miserable people, unspiritually people around, I don't try to be around them. Because right now, I, I just don't, I don't, it doesn't bother me what you say or how you say it. It's how I feel about myself on the inside. Just like I have my friend here, Hazel. I asked Hazel to chair the meeting, you know, while I share. Because Hazel is my friend. And that's why, you know, well, you know, she got into a little something. But I'm not going to abandon her because of what happened. She's my friend. And if you don't like it, then that's it. I mean, if you want to act like a bunch of kids and be mad at me because Hazel's my friend, then you just be mad. I don't care. I really don't care. You know, I'm just going to keep coming. I like this program, and there's no one that can run me away because this is a God-given program. This is a spiritual program. You know, this program is a gift. You know, and I thank God for this program. You know, and I'm just going to keep coming. And um, I don't know, I'm running out of things. There were so many other things I thought about I wanted to say, but I can't think of them right now. So I'm just going to shut it down now. Thanks for letting me share. We're going to go to our next speaker, Corey. Help me welcome Corey. I'm recovering that. My name is Corey. Hi, Corey. I need first thank God for allowing us all to be here alive and clean. And um, this topic. Uh, you have a nice yeah. <laughs> Recovery is my responsibility. Um, I'm going to share on that. I'm going to attempt to share on that. I'll share anything other than that. That's not what they're asking me to do. And um, I really just came here to meet a friend, see him for a minute, and go. Mm -hmm. Right? I just got off of work. I started work yesterday morning at seven o'clock. I got off mm -hmm. at one o'clock. I'm tired. Right? And um, you know, I ran into my friend, and he asked me, "Could I do this?" And I reluctantly said, "Yeah." You know, because um, you know what? Topic is recovery is my responsibility, right? Sometimes I've been here for a little while, right? And people ask you to share. And sometimes I can do an irresponsible thing by saying yes. Right? I may need to be at work. So I don't go to work to come share at me. Mm. You know, um, because recovery has taught me to be responsible for me, right? But on the same token, as a result of, of, of as a result of being in recovery, it's also taught me that my recovery must come first, right? So I try to give when I can give, right? I have the time, the opportunity now to do so, 
So that's why I'm here. Right? Um, I'm tired, though. And what I found out about me is when I'm tired, I usually don't do well. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, right? I have a lot of, I'm not too patient, right? Acceptance is really very short. Um, so it's really, really hard to work a program. So I have to put forth more effort in order to do so, right? Now, um, I love being clean. It's my best gift God has ever given me besides life. You know, and she talked about choices, right? You know, my sponsor told me in early recovery, right, that it, it, you know, it, it's the choices that I make that will make my recovery what it is. You know, and um, I made some choices that always wasn't con conducive to recovery, right? Um, Yeah. <laughs> and um, as a result of that, I got some pain. Right. And, you know, like, you ever have some experiences where you, you went to your sponsor and your sponsor told you some real simple solutions. But I chose not to follow those directions. You know what I mean? So I got what I got as a result of that. I mean, even my friends in recovery have, you know, said, man, you don't really need to do that. And I was like, my business. I got this. You know, and um, I remember being in, in, in a, I want to say a situation, right? But it really wasn't a situation. It was cheating. You know, and... Um, you know, one of my friends was confronting me on it because he was my friend. Right? And he said, man, you don't really need to do that. You know, he said, man, why you wait till you get five years clean to act like a fool? You know, you've been, been pretty good for the last five years. And I politely said to him, you know, um, well, you tell me when your disease wakes up in a particular area, what you going to do about it? You know, but I was being rebellious. I had an answer for an answer. Right, and he said, "Well, check it out. You can stop now on your own, or you can continue to do this. And when God gets ready for you to stop, you may not like it. So I'm gonna tell you what happened. I ain't like it. <laughs> As a result of that, I lost a lot of things that I had gained in recovery. You know, and like in early recovery, I was one of those guys that you know I was always in the meeting." in service, very involved in my home group, in my area, with people. And around my fifth or sixth year, you know, I got, you know, cocky and arrogant. And, um, you know, I didn't need to listen as much. You know, I had gone through the steps and, you know, sponsoring a few people. And, you know, life was real good. You know, got the house, car, family back. You know, you know thought I had arrived. Uh. You know, because those were the things that I said I wanted. Only to find out that I really didn't want them, because if I want them, I would have held on to them. And so I'm not going to say that I, 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 I lost it and I gave it away as a result of not being responsible for my own recovery. I'm doing some other things. I need to be involved in service as much. 
I didn't need to take a commitment at my home group as much. You know, I didn't need to call my sponsor as much. You know, or continue to do some more work on me. Right? So, you know, it took about another five years to recoup some of that stuff that I lost. And I ain't talking about material stuff. I'm talking about the internal stuff. I'm talking about the self-esteem, self-worth, self-acceptance. And I'm not talking about the surface self-acceptance, you know, where I really feel good because I'm doing a couple of things right. You know, I, I, around that time, you know, I have an aunt, right? And she said, boy, you still going to meetings? And I was like, yeah. My NHS all up, you know. She said, for real? I was like, yeah. She said, I can't tell. Like, oh shit. <laughs> because you know the proof of of how this works is how you live. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like um if you fronting like me, because I front. You know what I mean? I wanna act like I really got it going on. But most of the time I'm just trying to struggle to get through another day. Right, and it seems like the more time that you accumulate around here, and because you've been here for a moment, and I think that people think I'm supposed to act a, a, a particular way, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how I'm really living. But reservations rob us of all that recovery has to offer. And what are reservations? Those deep, dark secrets. Mm-hmm. I ain't telling you, because I don't want you to know what I'm doing. My business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, you know, um, my sponsor told me what you do in the dark will come out in the light. And when it comes out, can you handle it? Uh, Couldn't handle it. So, you know, I made some choices and I started to do things a little differently. Started to come back and, you know, like hang out with my friends a little bit more. You know, um, do the things that I did in early recovery. Like come to me and early, stay late, hang out with my friends, talk mm-hmm. on the phone a little bit longer. Because, you know, you know, like people call you, right, and you look at the call ID. Huh. And depending on who it is, you might or might not answer. Mm-hmm. Right? And and depending if if it's male or female, it really pays a bigger difference than whether I'm answering. And, you know, um... Sometimes I never know who's on the other line that is helped for me. Mm-hmm. Right. right? So I need to answer my phone. Right? Because I don't know what God got for me. Right? And if I'm playing God, I'll miss the blessing. Right? So, you know, um, I don't try to play God no more. You know, um, You know, I'm happy, joyous, and free even though I'm tired. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I, I thank God that I got clean, stayed clean, and continue to stay clean because I wouldn't be able to live the life that I'm living. You know, um, like I said, I just came from work, and I have a job that I always want. She talked about, you know, having the ability to go to work and like, like what you're doing. A lot of people don't have that luxury. I'm going to say it's a luxury. If you have it, you're blessed. You know, um, because I used to dread to go to work. Mm-hmm. You know, like missing time was like, all right, 
today I don't feel like going for any particular reason. You know, I didn't need an excuse today. Uh, I get up, go, stay late. Maybe I work too much now. You know, but what I still do, I still make meetings. Right? Because um, they told me, meeting makers make it. And if you want what recovery has to offer, right, and you're willing to do the work, then you get a lot of blessings, man. You know, I remember being involved in um, H&I, early recovery, right? I'll never forget this, man. And I had a prison commitment in my area, and I was taking it over from another attic, and we were going in, and um, the attic was telling me, you're going to be blessed for doing this commitment, right? And I was grinning and smiling, and I was like, yeah, I know I am. Right? And the blessings I thought at the time I was going to get was, you know, Money, property, prestige, house, wife, kids, you know, all that nice stuff, right? But the blessing that I got was an internal blessing, right? There's nothing like going into a commitment and being of service, and then something, some time later, someone that was in that facility gets out, and you don't even recognize when they come to you and say, remember me? Thank you. Thank you. You know, um, I was in a meeting in um, North Jersey one day and um, with a friend who was doing a commitment up there. And uh, this female came over to me and she said, remember me? And I was like, no, not really. And, you know, right away my, my mind went back to yesteryear, right, when I was out there in active addiction and thinking it was somebody who I probably knew. You know, need to make some amends to, had done some harm to, you know, all that kind of stuff. And she was like, um, thank you. And I was like, for what? She said, thank you for coming in that facility because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here today. You can't put a monetary blessing on that, monetary value on that. I mean, and, and it's happened not just that time, but so many other times as a result of being clean, man. And, and that's showing up for the commitment, man. Mm -hmm. You know, what I found as a result of coming to Narcotics Alliance, most of my life is based on just showing up. Mm -hmm. Just showing up. You know, um, this job that I have now, prior to getting it, I had to go through this really extensive background check. and. Um, went through all that nice stuff, and usually on the background check, you know, when I'm filling out the application, they ask, "Have you ever been arrested?" And you know, I, I would usually put no, you know, because of the charges that I had got, they were conditional discharges, and they're not supposedly on my record, right? This particular time, something said, mm, "Put yes, put down what it is." Right, so I had to come back for the second part of the interview, and um, this guy's standing behind his um, bulletproof glass. When I see him, he got a gun on his hip. And he comes up and he opens the door and he says my name. He says, "Come inside." I'm like, "Yeah, I know they have police here." <laughs> right. So I come inside and um he wasn't a police officer but anyway. He starts asking me about my charge that I had, right? And I started telling him. 
And as I'm telling him, right, he starts finishing my sentence about what had happened, right? And for the first time, I really felt really, really good about telling the truth. You know what I mean? Because all he wanted to know was, from my lips, what it was that happened, right? Then he said, well, what do you do as a result of, you know, do you still use drugs or anything? I said, no, I haven't used drugs in X amount of years, boom, boom, boom. He said, what do you do? I said, I go to meetings. He said, what kind of meetings? I go to Narcotics Anonymous. Right? He said, really? He said, well, how long have you been clean? At the time, I said, I have 10 years. I said, I have 10 years. He said, well, when you come back for your next part of the interview, um, bring me something that, you know, says you've been clean for 10 years. He said, what do, you, what do you have that says you've been clean for 10 years? I said, well, we give out keychains and medallions. He said, well, bring, bring me one of them back. And, you know, my cocky, arrogant behind almost said, you want me to bring you all 10? <laughs> You know what I mean? But I didn't say it. So I came back for the next part, and I brought him a day, and he was like, thank you. Right? And then um, I had to get processed to get my ID. And um, God said, have you looked at your license lately? I said, no, I haven't. He said, you need to look at it. I looked at it. It was expired. <laughs> Part of the job requirement is having to have a valid New Jersey license or license period in Vanderbilt, New Jersey. So I was like, oh, man, what am I going to do? He's like, well, I don't know what you're going to do, but you need to go get it straight. <laughs> right? And um, he said, and not only is it expired, but it's suspended, too. And I was like, damn, how you know all that? <laughs> right? And I had just got it back like three months ago. But what had happened, I, I had needed to serve a suspension. And see, I'm, I'm going to talk about being irresponsible, right? Now, during this time, I was paying a surcharge, when I got, which I got every month, right? Now, they had sent me a letter stating uh, that I was suspended, but because I assumed that that letter was just another surcharge letter, I threw it in the trash. So I never saw the letter that said I was suspended. Right? So I, I got out of there and I went and called my sponsor. I said, sponsor, sponsor. <laughs> I messed up. He's like, no, you ain't. Just go to Trent and take care of your business. When the Trent took care of my business and I had to serve, I had to write a letter and all that good stuff and get an appeal date and got the appeal. And instead of the time that they wanted to suspend me, they only suspended for 30 days. And But the man had told me, when you come back, the job is waiting for you when you got the stuff right. But you know, I got a disease that lives in, that, that lives in doubt and fear. Mm -hmm. Right? And I didn't believe him when he said, when you get your stuff straight, come back. Mm -hmm. Right? So my time went by. I got my stuff straight. I just happened to be in Trenton. I'm going to tell you how good God is. Mm -hmm. Right? I called the guy up and I said, look, man, I got my stuff straight. You know, can I come back up? He said, where are you at? I said, I'm in Trenton. So it's like 3, 2, 30 in the afternoon. I said, uh, well, what time do you close? He said, 4 o'clock. So he said, if you can get here before 4 o'clock, we'll take care of you. Right? Got off the phone. Was right at the train station. The train was right there. 
on the train, got in Manhattan, was there before four o'clock. Out the door, I was out of the door before four o'clock, with everything done, right? And because usually I'm so fearful, right? Didn't think I had enough time. I would have said, forget it. Right, but something was telling me, just show up, and that's my sponsor's thing. Just show up, just show up, because if you show up, you're taking care of ninety percent of the job. The other ten percent is left on whatever. Right, but you'll never know if you never show up. Right, and if I keep showing up for my recovery things, I keep changing, getting better. You know, like you know, I I don't know about anybody else, but like, you know, when stuff happened to you, you'd be like, why me? Right, and for real, for real, why not you? It's just your turn. Life is a series of turns. You know, some good, some bad. How I deal with them is how I get through it. You know, um, if I deal with it in an appropriate and mature manner, good things happen. If I don't, that's not happens. You know, um, and and that's kind of been how my life's been going the last couple of years, but. Um, Showing up, you know what I mean. Um, let me share this and be quiet, right? I was in New York the other day, and you know what, man? I don't know about anybody else, but I like seeing people get clean time, especially somebody now. You know what I mean? And there was a guy, cause like I, I work in North Jersey, right? And and like I go to meetings. In the can sometimes, right? And I go to this, this particular meetings, and there's this little kid up there. He's 21 years old, white guy, right? And I thought he was just hanging out, you know, because sometimes we just come to meetings and hang. I just want to see my friends. How you doing? You know, good to see you. Can I get a hug? I'm gonna I'm be sleeping because I sleep in meetings. Mm. I'm gonna tell the truth, right? <laughs> But it's just the fact of being in the meeting sometimes, whether you fall asleep. You might hear something before you sleep when you wake up, whatever. That's going to be applicable to, applicable to you today, right? But anyway, I thought my man was just hanging out because he was young, right? And, you know, there was his anniversary, and they do things a little bit differently. They have people share for him. Right? And people were going up there and saying these really nice things about this kid and how much he was doing in the fellowship, right? And I was like, dang. I felt real good for him. I felt real proud for him, right? And I just saw him in the meetings. I never really talked to him, right? And I said, thank God for the fellowship, right? Thank God for people wanting to come and stay clean. Thank God it doesn't matter what. AIDS, sex, religion, lack of religion, you know, who your mama and daddy is, what you got, how much little, how little you have, you know, all we care about is how we can help, right? Right? And I saw a perfect example in that, in that kid because he was very giving, right? And I was saying to myself, damn, I want to get back to being more giving here. Right? Because, you know, for real, for real, I can't keep this unless I get this away. When I found out, it ain't mine anyway. Right? Because God keeps giving, right? But how much am I willing to give back? Selfish, self-centered. 
You know what I mean? It takes a lot to give, for real, for me, right? Because I'm used to taking. It's very easy to take, right? But how 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 easy is it to spend a, you know a few extra minutes with somebody who's in pain? But I got something to do. I'm gonna pass you on to somebody else, right? Instead of listening, because I don't know what they got for me again. Right? So I've been taking a little more time out for other people. You know, um, anyway, man, um, recovery is definitely my responsibility. You know, I can't, I can't recover. You know, I, I didn't come here and get clean for the wife, the kids, to get in. I, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired of living the lifestyle that I was living, man. Look, it hurt every time I got high and I said I wasn't. Every time. It hurt every time when I when I came home broke, busted, and disgusted, and I didn't want to spend my money. Right? It hurt every time. I was telling a guy this the other day, man. It hurt every time when I got clean and I didn't have the ability to put my key in the door and walk in the door with my head up. You know what I mean? I, I remember when I was using, man, and had, had told my wife to come get the money, and before she came, I left work, right, went out and used and came home a day or two later, right, and put my key in the door, slithering in, trying to be real quiet, you know what I mean, and the next thing I knew, somebody was beating me on my back, and I'm hollering, it's a burglar, it was my wife, she was sick and tired of me, you know what I mean, but anyway, um, those were some of the events that made me want to get clean and stay clean, you know. And every time I think about using, I think about those kind of events, right? Because I don't ever, 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 ever want to feel like I you felt like feel like I you I felt the last time I used. You know, um, they say re relapse is not a requirement, but it's a reality here, right? But the piece that I really, really hate sometimes is when people relapse, right? People say, where you been? And they hurting enough. You know where the hell they been if you ain't seen them. Give them a hug. Good to see you. Welcome home. Right? Because, you know, like, um, if I'm caring and loving, right, I know what it feels like to use because I'm here. Right? And if I stayed here, that means I didn't use, right? So I need to go out and reach out to the one who just did. Because I never know. It just might be me one day. Experienced members get high, too. It's been happening regularly. Clean time does not exempt you from getting high. You know what I mean? I don't care how many years you got, how many people you sponsor, you know, how much service you do. You know what I mean? Uh, if you choose to make that choice, you got. Welcome back. Anybody that's new, anybody that, that went out and used in sickness, anybody that's here suffering, whether you got one day, 10 years, 20 years, suffering is, is something that happens as a result of like coming here. Sometimes we don't have the ability to know how to live life like other people do. That's why I suffer because I, I still, I'm still immature. I'm still not, not like mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally grown up. I may be grown as an adult, but I'm not.
because crying out, age is just a number. Right? I know some, some people who are much younger than me who are much more mature than I am. Right? And that's because they've been living by some spiritual principles for a lot longer than I have. So anyway, thanks for letting me share. So we thank both speakers.